there's more to this life than I thought. And James inspires me. The things he says have encouraged me. It's like there's a walk, there's a path, and it's leading to something more real than I've ever known before, and it's exciting. I get around James and I hear things that help me in my life, my work. This work he talks about has become my work. I am excited about the possibility that other people could be affected, other people could be inspired to work on themselves, to grow, to, to realize there's more to this life. So you have heard the work walks on two legs, and you've heard some of what that means. Today, we'll look at it from a different angle. To walk is to move at a regular and fairly slow pace by lifting and setting down each foot in turn, never having both feet off the ground at once. We call that walking. I found this definition in the dictionary. I thought it was really humorous, so I thought, well, we should definitely talk about this. And the idea I'd like to convey is one of movement, because walking involves really movement. For transformation to take place, there must be movement from one place to another. This makes sense. If you're going to be transformed, there has to be some kind of movement. But we know that that movement is not external. We know that we're not talking about a movement outside. So you can't move to New Jersey or move to Timbuktu and then be transformed there. Although you'll find thousands and th millions of people doing just that. You'll find millions of people going to Mecca. You'll find millions of people going to Tibet, the Himalayas, to India, to Israel to the Wailing Wall, to all these different places because they think that that is somehow going to transform them. Will it? No, it will not. But there is a purpose for that, and it can work to their benefit. That's not what most people do, but it still could. So I'm not dissing rituals or holy places. I think there are places that clearly are power spots on this planet. And I'm not dumb enough or insensitive enough to say that that's not true. I know that there's feng shui, which is the movement of energy in a room or in a house or in a space, and that it's a very real thing. I know that I have my desk facing the wrong way in my office at home. It's facing a wall, and it should be facing the door. And I notice that I am always looking over my shoulder to see who's behind me. Feng Shui would take care of that. I move my desk so that it faces a door, and I have my back to a wall. Then that's going to be better for me psychologically. Everybody knows that. Nobody does anything about that. Except, you know, the feng shui people. But anyway, so I'm not stupid enough to think that the energy doesn't play in all this. Of course it does. Of course it does. And I'm well aware of that. So since all esotericism focuses on transformation, all teachings are about modes of internal locomotion. Movement or the ability to move from one place to another is what locomotion is. It's movement or the ability to move from one place to another. Whether that's internal or external has nothing to do with the definition of locomotion. There are two locomotions. There's an external locomotion and there's an internal locomotion. Obviously, I'm going to be talking about the internal locomotion. Exoteric concerns itself with outer movement or locomotion, rules, laws, exercises, dances, rituals, etc. Lighting candles, lighting incense, sitting in this position or that position. I don't do that. The reason I don't do that is because this is an inner work. Because it's an inner work, I cut right to the chase and go inside. I recommend that the people who I work with do the same thing. Does that mean they shouldn't do outer work? No, doesn't mean that at all. If you want to do that, do that. But doing podcasts and emails and things like that, I don't have the opportunity to put you through physical paces. 
So I don't do that. I leave that to someone else to do. I leave that to the yoga teachers and the meditation teachers and all the other people who can be there with your physical body. I'm not there with your physical body, so we have to approach this in an internal way. I could tell you things to do with your physical body, but it's not the same. So I don't bother with that because it's a waste of energy for me and for you. Maybe not a complete waste of energy, but it's not an effective, efficient use of energy. This is the most effective, efficient use of energy that I have been able to come up with. The most efficient use of force that I've been able to come up with is the podcast, these live broadcast emails, what I have with people. So that's what I do. Well, esotericism is internal. We must grasp the need for a change of mind in two ways. This is something people miss in many systems. They miss that it's not enough to change in one way. You have to change in two ways at the same time, from outer to inner and from lower to higher. These two aspects are the two legs of esotericism. The reason I say of esotericism is because I don't believe that the fourth way teaches it this way. I believe that the fourth way teaches it some other way. I think that what I'm saying is an expansion of that, so I will not call it the fourth way. I will say it's an expansion of that. I want to respect Gurdjieff and Ospensky and Nicole and all those people because I have a great deal of respect for them and I want to honor them and I don't want to put words in their mouths, even though I think if they were alive today, they would agree. But that's just what I think. Clearly, these two ways that I'm talking about, these two aspects, these two legs of esotericism are one, the personal, psychological, outer to inner, and two, the cosmological, lower to higher. In esotericism, in and up are the same, and for a while, this is not very easily understood for people. For a while, it takes them time to get their orientation. In, up, how's that the same? In is the same as up. Buckminster Fuller was great because one day he said, there is no up on planet Earth because it's round. There is only out and in. You can only go out from the earth or in toward the earth. You can't go up because up is relative. It doesn't make any sense. On a round planet, where's up? It's really just sideways. Up is always sideways or it's out. That was his perspective and it was a good perspective because it gives you a different way of seeing something. Can you see that's a cosmological side? Can you see that if you can see yourself in scale on the planet, you see yourself in scale on a globe now on this ball, you say it is out or in rather than up or down. Then it's a whole different thing. It's like, wow, it gives you this different sense of yourself where it can. I don't know whether it has given you a different sense of yourself or not. It gave me a different sense of myself. It woke me up. I mean, it woke me up. And in that area, I haven't gone back to sleep. As I look at it and I go, no, up is not up. It's out. We don't shoot rockets up into the air. We shoot them out into outer space. Not upper space, but outer space. That was what Buckminster Fuller was saying. And he was right. You know, there's no question about it. He was right. And uh, it was good for him to say that because we needed to hear it. We need to become aware of that. So cosmology deals with the outer world, while psychology deals with our inner world. It's easy to see the micro and the macro. So it's easy for us to see the tiny little thing in the big scheme. So we can see the tiny little grain of sand on the big beach. We can see the tiny little earth in the solar system. We can see the tiny little solar system in the galaxy. We can see the tiny little galaxy in the universe. We can see the tiny little universe in the universes. That's easy to see. What's not so easy for us to see is the macrocosm in the microcosm. See, we can see an anteater eating an ant, but it's very difficult for us to conceive of an ant eating an anteater, although it does happen. That's our problem. There are two prongs, and they are transforming the meaning of life and the idea of yourself. So you're either transforming the meaning of life and your idea of yourself, or you won't develop. So you have to be transforming one prong, the meaning of life, the cosmological, and the meaning of yourself, the psychological. Okay? If you're not working on both of those things, you cannot develop past a certain point. 
Okay. We're going to talk about that point because this is where self-help things fail. This is where all self-help fails because it only deals with one thing. It deals with you psychologically. It does not deal with the cosmology of you and how you fit into it and what that has to be. So you can become a better person, but that does not mean you're transformed. So that's really what we're talking about. Most think that if they work on themselves, it doesn't matter what they think of the world. Self-observation, non-identifying will be enough. What I am telling you is the work says, and I say, no, it will not be enough. You will only get so far, and then you will meet an interval. And you will not make it past that interval unless you do something entirely different. You have to have an entirely different shock, or you cannot make it past that MIFA interval. So, if you do only the first and second lines of work, you will go just so far, and then you'll be stopped. You'll meet this interval, this barrier, and that's it. You'll just stop, and you will not be able to go any further. Once I was asked if you had to be religious to do this work. A guy in the UK, and uh, after I answered him, he disappeared for a while. I just never heard from him at all. I thought I must have annoyed him with the answer because he was very anti-religion. And he just had all these notions about religion, and he was completely blocked in that area. I find that there are a number of fourth-way people like that. They're completely blocked in this area. And the reason they are is because they had bad religious experiences or whatever, or they have risen above the realm of superstition and fairy tales and silly stories that no one can prove. So I've seen, I've seen it all. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying any of it's bad. I'm saying, look, if that's where you're at, that's where you're at. Be where you're at. You know, this work will meet you where you are, but it will try to bring you further. If you refuse to go any further, then you will lose this work because you will not make a place for it in yourself. And without a place for it in yourself, it's not going to happen. It will fall away. So that's the truth about that. You may be able to think you can put it in your suitcase and take it wherever you go. But I promise you, when you open up your suitcase to get it, it won't be there. Here's the deal. His real question was not, do you have to be religious to do this work? This is not the real question. The real question is, must I believe in something higher than myself? That's the real question. And the real answer is, you bet, yes. If you wish movement beyond a certain point, you must believe in something higher. You must have the idea that there is something higher than yourself. If you can't do that, you will only go so far in this work and you will never pass that interval that I'm talking about, that barrier that I'm talking about. So yes, it's very important. This is most difficult because it means we're not the ultimate authority in our lives. Why this is most difficult is because it challenges the enemy. It challenges our adversary. You know what Satan means? It means adversary. That's it. That's all it means. It means adversary. You know what Satan is in your life? It's your false personality. It's you. You are your adversary. You, this person you call yourself, that is your adversary. That is the person you need to observe. And you can't observe that person because you're the only person that can observe that person. So you have to observe that person and be that person. Now, how do you do that? You use a loop. You use the work, self-observation work loop, as a little magnifier. And that gives you just this much separation. And that's all the separation you need. That's how it starts. If I can get a piece of paper, just a thin piece of paper between two things, they are separated. It doesn't matter. So if I can get a, a whole ream of paper between two things, they're separated more. If I can get a whole factory of paper between two things, they're separated more. And that's great. But you've got to start somewhere. And if just a thin piece of paper is where you start, then that's where you start. I just say the best thing to do is start. You know, don't worry about how well you started or how much you started or how big the separation is. Just get some kind of separation. That's the start. Let the power of the work do the rest. Let the force that the work brings into your life do the rest. You don't have to worry about that. 
Oh, but I want to worry about that. Of course you do. Of course you do. You want all this ego stuff. You want to be somebody. You want to do something. You want to be able to do. You want to be able to get. You want to be able to have. Yeah, that's right. That's what the false personality does with this work. That's why self-help stuff doesn't work. That's why it's pray and grow rich. Do this and get that and have love and have health and have get, 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 get more, 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 more. And you can get all that. You can do all that. It's just magic. That's all it is. It's just magic. It's just mind over matter. That's what magic is. And it's obvious that we can do that. Look at the planet. We have, with our minds, created a whole different planet. We have sent things into outer space, and they're out there now, traveling around, taking pictures, and sending images back to us. We have done all that. Mind over matter. We took rocks out of the ground, and we used our minds over the matter, and we pounded them, and we cooked them, and we baked them, and we did all these, and we fired them until we got iron out of them, until we got copper, until we got all these things. And we started to make alloys. We did incredible things. Mind over matter. It's magic. It's simple. Nothing to it. We do it every day. So yeah, you can do that. And if that's all you want, then you don't need to listen to me. You're in the wrong place. You're on the wrong boat. This isn't it because I'm not interested in that. Does that mean I don't have any of that? No, I have lots of that. Just means I'm not interested in it. That's all. That's not what I'm here for. That stuff comes. Whether you do the work or not, that stuff comes into your life. You're going to have stuff in your life, whether you do the work or not. So if that's the truth, then why not just do the work and let the stuff come? If my being attracts my life, my being attracts my life. If my being attracts a refrigerator box or a 3,600-square-foot home, it doesn't matter because that's what my being attracted. If I want something different, I can change my being. But why waste the force changing my being to get out of a refrigerator box into a bigger house that I have to clean all the time and have less things to do? It's like, forget it. I'm not interested in that. I'd rather work on development. I'd rather work on not needing a refrigerator box or a house. You get it? That's where I'm at. If you're not there, that's okay. You don't have to get there. You don't even have to want to be there. But if you're not there, that's okay. Maybe there's still something here for you. That's up to you. Well, we're talking then about we must yield to something higher, and the acquired side of us will not like that. The acquired side of us is God. Satan is God. And he takes the real side of us to the top of the mountain, and he says, look, you see all this? And shows us all the kingdoms of the world. And he says, look, if you'll fall down and worship me, if you'll serve me, essence, if essence will serve false personality, all this I, I will give to you. There you go. Or all that. If you're really essence, if you're really starlight, if you really come from above, then command the stone to become bread and eat it because you're hungry. All that, you see? If you're really essence, if you're really who this work says you are, then throw yourself off the pinnacle of this temple, and because it's written that even his, his angels will bear you up in their hands unless you dash your foot against a stone. It's like these are all the temptations that the adversary throws at us. You are tempted daily by the adversary. You are tempted daily by your false personality to believe in it, to believe that you are it, to throw your force in with it, to throw your lot in with it, to go with it, to call it I. And guess what? You worship it. You serve it. You are a Satanist. That's what you are. And the best thing for you to do is admit it and get on with your life. If you don't like it in the church of Satan, then this work will show you the door. It's up to you to get off your pew <laughs> and head for the door. And that's what we're talking about, locomotion. We're talking about movement, internal movement, out of the house of Satan into the house of God, as it were, or into the universe with an open sky above us or out there, not above us, but out there. Okay, Buckminster Fuller must be true to Buckminster Fuller, one of my heroes. Both legs of the work can give great force. The truth is that this is psychological side, just the psychological side of this can give tremendous force to people. And that's why you see so many fourth wave people who are very successful, very successful, extremely successful, because the work has given them force. But that's where it stops, that they're successful. Where? In life. Big deal. Who wants to be successful in life when you could be successful out of life, when you could get beyond life? 
when you could have life become your teacher and when you could transform into another kind of being. What does another kind of being mean? We'll talk about that then, because that's important. We move forward with the psychological side, but there's a point where we must take the side ladder to climb up further. There's a side ladder that goes to the sun, according to this work. We need to take that side ladder toward the sun. Or else we can be very popular, wonderful people here in high school. You can all be prom queens and you can all be football stars, you know, or whatever, here. Or you can get beyond here and move into a bigger realm where you won't be all that. But it's like Jesus said about John the Baptist, you know, that John the Baptist was the greatest of all men, but in the kingdom of heaven, he was the least of all. And that's what happens, you see, when you cross that border from psychological to cosmological, when you cross that border to transformation, you become the least in that area. You may have been the most here, the greatest here, but you become the least there. And a lot of people don't want to do that. You can see that, right? They'd rather just stay the greatest here and forget being the least anywhere else. I've been through that. I don't want to do that again. So it takes something that not everyone has at the moment. Otherwise, if we don't take this side ladder, we remain stuck serving nature. We end up doing so at a higher level, but we're still stuck here. So you don't serve nature completely. So you have been able to insulate yourself somewhat from life. So the work, the psychological side of the work and self-observation and non-identification has given you a tremendous freedom, a tremendous power. But still, you're still serving nature. Still, you have the same end. If you don't create another body that will survive death, you still serve nature. Whether you serve nature as a filet mignon or you serve nature as a ribeye or a hoof, it doesn't matter. You understand? You're still on the grill. (laughs) That's the bottom line. You're still getting cooked up on the grill. Animals don't observe themselves. When we don't, we're animals. So you want to know about sex. Well, when you don't observe yourself, you're an animal. When you do observe yourself about sex, you have the opportunity to transform sex into something higher. Does that mean you don't have sex? No. It just means it changes. It changes everything. That's what it means. It changes from little L love to big L love. It changes from little L lust to big L pure sensuality. Now, deal with that. Wrap your mind around that for a while. But don't go too far because we're coming back here. I'll just cut that out and put it in the sex podcast. (laughs) We have the technology. When we begin working, we begin being human. Until then, we're still animals. We're still part of the organic film that's on this planet. When we develop as we should, we then start to become human. That's what this is about. This is about becoming a real man. Becoming a real man instead of a man-machine. A man-machine is part of the organic film that coats this planet, and we're all glued together and stuck in that. It's like this big, sticky glue that covers, like, like rubber cement, that covers the planet. And everything is connected to everything else. And you can pull a piece out, but it's real stretchy. You see what I mean? But you can get a piece out. You can get a piece apart from it, and then the rest of it will just heal itself. It'll all just grow back together. Okay, that's what it's like. All we're doing is we're trying to pull a little piece of the organic film on this planet out of that so that it has a different destiny, so that it is no longer under the same law as that organic film. And that is what this transformation is about. You're kind of like the rubber cement booger that we're trying to pull pull out of the... Pull out of the, the uh, sorry about that for those of you who gagged on that one. But Another graphic example brought to you by yours truly. We were given more force than necessary to just be an animal and serve nature. That's very clear. You're not a cow. You have other abilities. You have more force than a cow has. You have more consciousness than a cow has. But if you don't use it, you will end up like a cow ends up, served on nature's plate and eaten. This is what the work teaches. Maybe not in those words. It doesn't say, you know, Mickey D's, billions and billions served, you know. But it may as well be this is Mickey D's and you are part of the billions and billions served if you don't pull out of that, if you don't get out of that, if you don't develop beyond that, that's what's going to happen to you. You're going to be served. 
So clearly, we work to develop what we have, what we could be. Then we reach the barrier between me and Fa, and we need a second leg to jump it. The first leg is the psychological, the second leg is the cosmological, or the first leg is the cosmological, and the second leg is the psychological. It doesn't matter. It depends on where you start. It depends on whether you start with your left foot or your right foot when you step forward. It doesn't matter which you start with. You're still locomoting. You're still, lo- you're still moving. You're still, you still have locomotion. You're still moving, and that's what's important. The movement is what's important. So this is the point of transformation from high animal into something else. So you can become, through this work psychologically, you can become a very high animal. You can become a very, very clever animal. And we see lots of those. We see geniuses that are just clever animals. They're just genius animals, but they haven't transformed. So what we're looking for is the transformation from high animal into something else. The psychological part of the work will get you to high animal. It will refine your personality. It will. And you can be very, very effective. But that's not what I'm looking for. What I'm looking for is the transformation, the second leg of this, getting past that mi-fa interval to something else, carrying the octave further, getting up the, the side ladder to the sun. See, that's what I'm interested in. That's what this work is really about. That's not what everyone uses it for, but that's what it's really about. The majority of people will not do that. But you already know that because taken in scale, not everyone can develop. When you really come within the influence of this transformational power, you will not turn back. There is a point of no return. I have reached that. I'm absolutely clear on that. I don't care what anyone else says. That's my experience. That's the way it is. I got 40 years backing that up, and I'm still doing it, and nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to do this because I am no longer in the gravitational pull of the earth. I've escaped the gravitational pull of the earth, and now there's a different gravity pulling me. So let's talk about that a little bit. You'll transform from a self-developing organism into something much higher. This is the real work and the real goal of all esoteric teachings. Being born a new creature, shedding the animal skin like a snake sheds its skin to grow. Will you do that a number of times? Yes, you will. Just like a snake sheds its skin a number of times to grow. Or a crab sheds its shell a number of times to grow. It takes leaving your cosmological view behind, and this people will not do. Leaving your cosmological view behind is very difficult for people. They don't want to do that. They don't want to do that because it is their salvation. It is their security. It is their everything. It was like the sex question we had this morning. How do you go from being repressed, from freeing yourself from repression, to not being all love and happiness? You see, how do you do that? That's the fear. How do I let go of my cosmological view and trust that I'll have a bigger cosmological view that will serve me? That's really the question, isn't it? And the answer is, you will. As you let go of your tiny cosmological view, a bigger cosmological view will serve you better and you'll grow into it. But what if I make mistakes? You'll make mistakes. But what if, what if, what if? Let the mind go. It's not your friend now. It can be your friend later when it learns how to serve you. But right now, it's not your friend. So don't pay too much attention to it. It doesn't mean you shouldn't pay attention to it at all. It has some very good things to offer you. That's why it's such a good servant. But when it's not serving you, don't pay attention to it. When it's running you, don't pay attention to it. One of the things you know that it's running you is if it's filling you with doubt and fear. The mind is running you. You are not made to be doubtful and fearful. You are made to be courageous and loving. That is what you were created as, a courageous, loving being. If you're not being courageous and loving, your mind is sullying your essence. Okay? So just use that as a guideline. If you're not expanding, if you're not feeling expanded, if you're feeling contracted, be sure that your mind is at work. Your mind is what's contracting you. There's nothing in the world that real I can't do. There's nothing in this universe that real I is afraid of. There's nothing in this universe that real I can be harmed by. Nothing. So there's no cause for fear. That must be the mind. Use that as a guideline. Life, as seen through the senses, is real for people, and giving that up is too much for the majority of the majority. The majority of the majority will not give that up. 
escaping the gravitational pull of the world view is nearly impossible. On this planet, the hypnotism of life is so powerful that it's nearly impossible to get out of it. You really need force from somewhere outside of this system, from somewhere above, higher above, way higher above. Without the conscious circle of humanity, as the work calls it, you don't stand a chance. You must have help from outside of this hypnotism. There must be someone who has awakened at least a little bit and who is free from this hypnotism in order to give you a hand out of here. You will then have to become that person. You will have to be that person. Someday you are going to have to be that person standing outside the hypnotism of life and reaching into the hypnotism of life and taking someone's hand and helping them out, leading them out. That's what it means to put someone on the rung that you're now on so that you can go up higher. Do you understand? It happens in stages, like with a rocket. First stage drops away, second stage fires. Second stage drops away, third stage fires. You've seen these launches where they do this and the stage just burns and burns and burns. Then when the fuel's gone, that whole stage that kept all the, that had the fuel and the engine and all that, that whole thing drops away and it's lost. That's what this is like. It doesn't happen all at once. It happens in stages. That's what we're looking at. We're looking at having the force to get out of the gravitational pull of Earth's hypnotism of life. We're moving out of that. And that's what we're up to. That's the process that we're involved in. And it's a stage process. It's not all at once. Only with a new means of locomotion does it become possible and definite. Now it's possible. Then it becomes definite. There's a time when this work becomes definite, when you have passed the point of no return, when you have pulled out of the Earth's atmosphere, when you've pulled out of the Earth's gravitational pull. You could still orbit the Earth. But with a little more force, a different kind of force, with a little more fuel, a different kind of fuel, you can break out of the orbit and you can come into the orbit of something else. What else? The sun. The work would say the sun. You come under the gravitational pull of the sun and you begin to orbit the sun. You go up to the sun. That's the work's way of saying what you do. Does that mean you're going to go to the sun? No, it does not mean that. Could it mean that? What do I know? I don't know. I don't know. Who cares? We're not talking about that. We're talking about this. We're talking about inner transformation. That's what we're talking about. Try and stay on point. So once you've got this idea, once you're here to this place, you've got to realize that the mind must change first. So that's the first stage. The mind has to change first. That's the psychological part of this. But it could also be the cosmological part of this. If you can change your cosmological view, it will change your mind. Can you see that? It will just change your mind. It will alter your mind. This is metanoia. This is changing your mind. This is what the Gospels have mistranslated repentance. It's not repentance. It's a change of mind. So you change your mind. This is where it all begins. This is the first stage. The mind changes first. Then you escape Earth's gravitational pull because of the change of mind. This work is to make you think in a new way. How many times have you heard that? But that's only half of it. Now that's the part that you haven't always heard. You've heard this work is to make you think in a new way. But you didn't hear the other part. That's only half of it. Being a better animal, a better human being, isn't what this work is about, though it is a stage through which we must pass. You must first become a good householder. You must first become a better animal. You must first become a better human being. Then you reach the border where you can then use the new force to make that interval pass MIFA and go to the next part of that octave. Though this is a great source of force, that is, being a better animal, being a better human being, the psychological part of the work, there is so much more available if you will connect with it. Well, how will you connect with it? Well, you're going to have to change your cosmological view again, aren't you? So you've become the better human being, you've become the higher animal, you've become all this. Now you need to change your cosmological view again. And you know how many people have left when we've had to change our cosmological view. You've seen them pick up a book 
throw it on the ground and say, that's it. I'm done. This is too many changes. First you say this, now you say that. Rah, 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 rah. They walk out. Yeah? You all saw that. You were all there for that. And it's like, okay, bye. You know, and then a train of people follow them. That's it. They've gone as far as they want to go. They're not going any further with this work. I'm going all the way. I have no idea how many of you are going to go. I mean, I have a little bit of an idea. I can pick out a couple of people and say, you know, I think these people will actually try this. I mean, I think there are people who are here who will actually try this. Other people, it's marginal. I don't know what they'll do. I don't know if they've got enough time left. I don't know what's going to happen with them. But there's some people I think will actually go for this. And that's pretty encouraging. You're going to need all that is available to you if you wish to continue. If you want to continue, you're going to need every bit of higher force and energy that you can get. I promise you that. Most will not, and that's their choice. You can stop wherever you like up to that certain point, that certain point when the sun starts pulling you and there's nothing you can do about it. That is the point that I passed. The sun is now pulling me and there's nothing I can do about it except stop fighting. So now my work is to stop fighting. That's the hardest thing that I have to do is to stop resisting, to stop thinking, to stop believing, to stop all that stuff that got me here. Because all that stuff gets you here. That whole stage of the rocket is what got you here. Now you have to let that whole stage of the rocket, its engine, its fuel, all of it, you have to let it all go. And then fire this next stage and then go there. So everything that helped you to get here is now useless to you. And it has to be let go. Well, that's a pretty scary stage, I can promise you that. But you've been through it a number of times. Yeah. And you'll go through it a number more times. So that's, that's what that's about. The, that point where the gravitational pull of the sun becomes so great you can't turn back. You know, that's wonderful. But you still have a lot of work to do. You still got a lot of crystallization to do. You still have a lot of cleansing to do. You still have a lot of purifying to do. You still have a whole world of work to do. Who knows how long that's going to take? I don't. But you now operate on that higher energy, that higher force, that higher fuel. And it comes from beyond you, above you. And you must then do its will rather than your wills. Now you can do your wills. You have different wills. You want this, you want that, you need this, you need that. You have a lot of different conflicting wills. But then you have to submit all your wills to that one will, and that's that. Now you have to submit all your wills to other wills, but they're still your wills in you. But when you get beyond that point, there's no longer your will and its will. That's what there is. There's your wills and its will. But there's no longer anything in you that you can will. You've reached, you've gone beyond that. There's no, your wills now are all forfeit. Your wills now are all in will call. This is where the work leads and beyond. This is what I'm about. This is what this teaching is about. If you heard some other fourth way teaching, you only heard half of it. This is the rest of it. This is what we're doing. If you're along for the ride, great. If not, then fine. Stop wherever you like. That's why there are bus stops, little hotels and motels all along the way. You can set up camp in a town. It's like these people who got in covered wagons and came across, and some of them were headed to California. And then they got to Missouri, and they said, this is nice, and they built their house there. Some of them got to Oklahoma, and they said, this is nice, and they built it. Some of them got to Texas, and said, this is nice, they built their house there. And they didn't make it all the way. Well, I'm not one of them. And so you need to make up your mind what you are, if you're one of them or not. Often the practical application of these ideas sounds like it's going to be easy. The ideas sound great. When we actually run into a situation or a person who's being a little more difficult than we'd like, we find it's not as easy as we thought it was going to be. If you've hit a snag with some aspect of this work and its practical application in your everyday life, I invite you to write James at SolidRockVista.com. Sometimes a fresh perspective is all it takes to get us back on the right track.